Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. The party's over and you're just kind of getting back on a bumpy shuttle to the hotel. It is tough. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. They can pretty much do it all, except take care of a two-year-old when you've left the room for more than like 90 seconds before they forget. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. What's fun for kids is a loud birthday party. (laughs) Thinking, well, (laughs) let me take the other side of that. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. I do live by this rule without realizing that it was a rule. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're going to talk about our favorite takeaways from another year of the What Fresh Hell podcast. Another year down, Amy. How do we do it? 2023. Pretty exciting. Another year down. I can't believe it. I don't know. Time flies. First, we want to give ourselves a back pat because in 2023, our podcast network, Atlas Media, started 2023. I believe it started 2023 with four podcasts. Closes out the year with 15. So exciting. Find them all at yes. atalistmedia.com. A-D-A-L-Y-S-T. Gonna spell it, as we say on our ads. <laughs> Atlas Media. Go check out all of our podcast offerings. And uh, yeah, it's been an exciting year for our business and growing, growing, growing and changing hearts and minds all over the world, Amy. Yeah. The other thing we did this year is we started What Fresh Hell Plus. So special thanks to our What Fresh Hell Plus listeners. If you subscribe to What Fresh Hell Plus, you get every episode we've ever done, which is over 700 at this point, ad-free. And then you also get monthly bonus episodes where we talk about distinctly non-parenting and very silly things. Yes, indeed. I think in my many shout outs, I shout out one of those episodes. Oh, really? You have to be in the know to know what I'm talking about when I get to that shout out. Well, you can find the link in the show notes for this episode in our Instagram bio. You can find it on our website or you just go to whatfreshhell.supportingcast.fm. You subscribe in two taps. You keep listening where you're already listening. You don't have to like download a new app or anything. And you support the show even more than you're already supporting the show by listening. We also love, by the way, our listeners who listen to the show and listen to ads and support our show that way. It's amazing. It's odd. We love you all. We don't know how this can happen. We love you both the same. It's like two children. I'd love you. We're like our own children. We love you both the same. Sometimes more and less on different days, as it turns out, just like our children. (laughs) So let's start our year in review, Amy, with funniest episode of the year. Mine was very easy. It was We Forgot What Little Kids Were Like. 
Okay. Over the summer, I ended up babysitting for my six-year-old and two-year-old nephew and niece. And halfway through the experience, I was on a call or a FaceTime with Amy as like kids were, you know, murdering each other in the background and running around with no diapers. And I'd completely lost control because my older kids were supposed to be in charge and it was going terribly. And I said, oh no, we need to record an episode about this because half of the advice that I am giving people is through the rose-colored glasses of- Of I forgot. It is interesting. Like my youngest is 11 now. All of my kids, I mean, my kids could basically just do it now. I mean, they could stay home alone. They would be a mess. The house would be a disaster. But they're basically self-sufficient. And I realized that I was like, if you do anything else during the day, you're a superhero. Like just get through the days. That's your only job. One of the things I like best about being a content creator is that you can almost always take like a hard season that you're in and you're like, oh, this is something. I can make something out of this later. Yeah, I can make something out of this. Not now. I won't be making a podcast now. I have, you know, three month old twins, but someday I can really tell some stories about this. And so, yeah. And here I was again. I also think it's interesting as a content creator and as a human that how much, and I'm sure there's studies, and maybe we could do a whole episode about this, but like how much your default experience makes you believe that it is the experience of everybody. And we have a lot of episodes this year where we kind of talked about that. And I think it's something that you and I personally work hard at is trying to say, what don't we know? What are our blind spots? What are we missing about this? What am I assuming when I say these things? And it was just such a splash of cold water, the idea of like, oh, yeah, having kids. The, the reverse of this is I've talked about before how I had an aunt whose husband passed away when she had five very, very young kids. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. Sure. Like that was part of, you know, I knew that that happened. And then I had one kid and I thought, like, why don't we have a statue of that person in our kitchen? Like, why don't we talk about nothing else? Because suddenly the reality of that fell on me in such a strong way. And I think that there is a difference between understanding things intellectually and understanding them viscerally. And that experience of going back and being with little kids 24 hours a day, and it was Oh, four days, five days. It wasn't long. And I had an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old helping me, although that was another case of, okay, they weren't as helpful as I thought. You were just saying before, they can pretty much take care of anything. They can pretty much do it all except take care of a two-year-old when you've left the room for more than like 90 seconds before they forget. <laughs> yeah, except for help me take care of a two-year-old. But I also mentioned on the episode, which was my favorite line of the year, and we keep, we now, it's become part of our dialogue in the house, that the two-year-old who, did, we didn't know each other very well. She lives far away. We see each other twice a year. And she was also just two. So like last time I saw her, she was maybe, I don't know, 16 months. So she was not, you know, she was suddenly a person. And she didn't really know who I was, so she would call me Aunt Meg, but she hadn't been speaking long enough to develop that name. And so she just called me the mommy the whole time, and that she kept saying to me, I want the mommy to do it. Like when my kids would try to feed her, she's like, no, no, I want the mommy to do it. And so she just had enough. I don't trust any of these people. No, she just had enough sense in her little two-year-old brain to be like, this 11-year-old does not know what they're doing and should not be feeding me. I want the mommy to do it. Smart girl. And so now whenever it comes up, you know, my husband, will I'll be trying to get him to do something. And he's like, I think they want the mommy to do it. It's just a useful phrase. 
By the way, all the episodes we're talking about today, we're going to put a Spotify playlist for all of these episodes in the show notes for this episode. We'll put them up on Facebook too. So if you're listening to this like, oh, that's funny. I want to go back and listen to that one. Don't worry. We have a playlist of all these episodes waiting for you in the show notes. My funniest episode for this year was Personal Rules. This was one of our crowdsourced episodes, which tend to be among our funniest. We go to our listeners on our Facebook page and group and ask you guys. So this was, what are your incredibly rigid and random personal rules? And they were hilarious. I'm going to remind you of Kelly, who said she doesn't ride shuttles. Like at the airport, yes, she'll allow airport rental car shuttles. Otherwise, no shuttles. If an event requires people to park somewhere and ride a shuttle to an event venue, there's a 99% chance I will not enjoy it. So she's written shuttle-based events out of her life. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. The end of the night wedding shuttle when you're ready to leave the venue, God bless people. They're trying to have it at a nice place. But then you're like... You're slightly buzzed, you're exhausted, your feet hurt, then you're waiting for a shuttle, then you're suddenly on a bus with like cousin Albert and like the grandma and you're kind of... The party's over. It's not fun anymore. The party's over and you're just kind of getting back on a bumpy shuttle to the hotel. It is tough. I mean, we were recently at a wedding and we were like, can we walk? And uh, it was five and a half miles. We were like, no, we really can't walk. And so we took the shuttle with weird cousin Al and the grandma and stuff. They didn't want to be with us either, for the record. Sally also had a rule that I weirdly discovered I also live by, come to think of it. Sally says if you're driving and you change lane to a faster lane and then it ends up all of a sudden being the slower lane, you can't change back. You've made your driving bed. Now you have to drive in it. You can't keep changing. And I was like, yeah, I do live by this rule without realizing that it was a rule. Yeah, there's so I love the episodes where we somehow tap into and we get some help from suggestions. Sometimes we find funny stuff on Reddit. There's different ways we find these topics. But I like when we I always say, as a content creator, that your strike zone is, I'm going to tell you something that everybody does that no one thinks that everyone does. You, everybody thinks it's just them. And like, this really hit that chord of everybody has bizarre personal rules that they can neither explain nor get rid of in any way. Like, Mm -hmm. it is not possible to change these things. Nor should you. um, Nor should you. I don't know if you should. I would say change back. It's fine. Get in the other lane. But like, no, it's a rule. It's the best thing about like podcasting and parenting content. You're not alone. You thought you were the only one who was going through (laughs) things that are both really hard. And also now I've made the wrong decision on, you know, the Garden State Parkway and I'm going to have to live with it. I'm going to have to live with my bad decision. We're all the same. I once was on a road trip with my aunt and the highway was just flying, flying along, and we were in a stopped part of traffic. And I gently suggested that maybe we could just get on the regular highway and go. Go with those other people. (laughs) And she kept saying, no, the truckers always know the best way. This was years ago in the time before Google Maps. And it took us, I'm going to say, a half an hour to realize we were in the line for the truck wait wait station. Oh, my gosh. Like they were weighing the trucks. But she had a rule that the truckers always stay with truckers because the truckers always know the secrets of the road. Mm. And we were free to go indeed, but we were waiting in the truck way in line (laughs) because she had a rule. What was your favorite fresh take interview that we did this year? We always have so many good fresh takes. I love hearing people's uh, 
takes that are fresh, I guess is what I love to hear. I loved talking to Virginia Soul Smith from who had written the book Fat Talk Parenting in the Age of Diet Culture. Yeah, that was like a challenging, a challenging episode, right? It really explodes some preconceived notions I had had without realizing I had them. It's really interesting. It's something that stayed with me. I think that the idea, I mean, we've talked a lot and we have an episode called Let's Not Care What We Weigh. Like I have been on my own journey around body image and weight that I think predated what is now kind of a discourse between maintenance phase and many great books on this topic that like, what if we just let go of this nonsense? I mean, I was a certain age, I was in my 40s, probably at which point I was like, huh, I've been thinking about what I eat in terms of dieting for 30 years with exactly the same results, you know, sometimes losing weight, sometimes gaining weight, but basically it's so uninteresting to me and I want to let it go. And I kind of thought like, okay, my work is done because I've decided to stop thinking about weight, to stop, you know, when I set up a bunch of personal rules, like I don't greet people, I don't talk about other people's weight. And when other people talk about my weight, I just say, I don't know, I don't weigh on myself. Like a lot of I, my weight fluctuates. And so people tend to comment a lot on my weight because it fluctuates. And I understand that people think they're being kind when they say, oh, you look like you lost weight. And I just say, oh, I don't know. I don't keep track of that. You know, I just try to not have it be a part of the dialogue. But it is part of the dialogue, right? Like what you were saying about maintenance phase and like, I'm sorry, the typical doctor's office isn't tuned into maintenance phase and they're not supposed to say, well, it looks like you lost weight or have you step on the scale even though you came for a headache. You know, it's, we have to do this work. People who are trying to do things differently, particularly as parents, we have to sort of approach this in many, many different ways that we don't talk about other people's bodies. I think I've gotten that memo partially from doing this podcast, but a lot of other people have not. Oh, absolutely. And that's what my end point to that was having thought, like I've done this work and check that talking to Virginia on that episode was like, oh, this isn't just one and done. Like this isn't something that you just decide to stop thinking about it and you're finished with it. And certainly that's true for me personally in my own like everyday relationship with food that I'm not, it turns out I can't just say like, I'm going to stop doing this and stop doing it. And it's also really true in the way that I think and react in an entire world that is talking a lot about weight and bodies and that I can opt out of small parts of it, but that I thought that conversation was really revelatory in terms of sort of readdressing this thing that I thought I had put a check mark by. Right. I thought I at least understood, like we talked about correlation and causation in that episode and, oh, right, we understand that people who, for example, are what traditional medicine would consider overweight are also more likely to have asthma, but that doesn't mean they doesn't mean being overweight causes asthma. There's a, a set of outside stressors and causes that might cause both things, but one doesn't cause the other. And it just was sort of like, huh, I never thought of it that way. That episode was for me full of, huh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with even more of our favorite fresh takes of the year. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. 
Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used hero bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Okay, can I give you one of my favorite fresh takes of the year? It was Ryan Wexelblatt, the ADHD dude. He 
teaches courses online in person for parents and for kids with ADHD. He has a very refreshing approach that is born of expertise and also walking the walk every day as the parent of an ADHD kid. And he said something that I've been sort of thinking about ever since, which was the negotiation vortex, he called it, that we can get sucked. And this is true for all parents of tweens and teens, I think, not just ones with ADHD, that there's a negotiation vortex that we can get sucked into as parents, because for the teenage brain that's seeking stimulation and dopamine and is kind of turned up, like that's exciting. You know, when like you and your mom are yelling about something stupid, that's pretty interesting for a Tuesday afternoon. And so our job as parents is not to use logic or reason or help them understand that you didn't mean it that way. And why are they overacting? Don't get sucked into the negotiation vortex, because once you're trying to make them see that, no, 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 it isn't that way, they're already winning. Or the ADHD brain, he would say, is already winning. Yeah. That's a good takeaway for me. I'm going to be making another note about that today, Amy. It was really useful. <laughs> Having been in some negotiation vortex this, this very week, good <laughs> note. Another yeah. episode I singled out was Nicole Walters, Nothing is Missing. I thought this was a super interesting conversation, an amazing book. Like One of the gifts of this job is that we just read and get exposed to so many books and ideas that just kind of reset the narrative. And you can't, as we were just talking about with Virginia Soul Smith, it turns out you can't reset your personal narrative just by reading a book, but it's a touchstone. And I think this idea, her idea of nothing is missing and starting from this kind of mantra or this idea that you are enough just as you are. And not going into try to solve problems with the thesis of what is wrong with me, but to start from a really different place in that thesis. I found this conversation extremely eye-opening, and I just really, it stayed with me. I, it's a phrase that comes to me now, and that's always the sign of a great interview. Like, what if nothing is missing? What if I have to approach it from that point of view? Right, and it's not like... It's not as simple as, well, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. It isn't that sort of like, Pat, what I have learned are called thought terminating cliches. Oh, you and I just read the same book, which is cultish. Cultish. Yeah. Great book, Amanda Montel. We should have her on the show. Yeah. Thought terminating cliches are, well, everything happens for a reason. We would call it toxic positivity. We've done an episode on that, but I didn't know about that term. And it's so smart because it means you can't answer it, right? When somebody says, well, God doesn't give you, right? Like you're good. That isn't for somebody else to decide. It is, however, for you to decide you have within you. You don't have to wait until you're thinner, prettier, smarter, you know, better at tennis, whatever, a better parent to do the thing you need to do. You already have what you need within you. Yeah, I think it's an empowering phrase versus a thought terminating phrase in a way. And I think that, you know, you and I having started, I mean, I, my background is in comedy, you know, and your background is in acting, and we've now started a business together. And I definitely had some feeling of like, well, I don't belong here. Like, I'm just a person who says funny things. Like, what, how would I know how to form an LLC or balance a balance sheet? Like, that's for smart people. That's for the business people. And really, this experience, and I'm glad in some ways it happened when it did, because I was old enough to shut those voices down a little bit more, I think. But being able to say, hey, we're both smart. We're both competent. What we don't know, we're good at finding people who do know. 
And so let's use that model and start a business and it's going great. Yeah. And let's talk about what we want to talk about and let's interview the people we want to interview. I interviewed um, Esau McCauley. He was one of my favorite fresh takes this year. How far to the promised land? Was it about parenting? Kind of. It was his memoir is in part about his mom raising him as mostly a single parent because his dad was absent for many reasons. And I loved the book. I loved the conversation with him. Talking about like preconceived notions, it really exploded a lot of things I thought I understood into something new. And his big idea is we hold up lives of value, particularly black lives, if they succeed, right? Like the one who made it to be number one at medical school is the one we're going to talk about instead of the one who never made it out of poverty. Isn't that person's life worth living too? And he he talks about his own ancestors in that way, but also invites us like every life is a value, not just the exceptional ones, whatever that means. Kind of a big idea. And I loved the book. And I what a privilege to get to talk about that on a podcast with him and meet him. One last episode I want to mention is Dr. Lynn Kogel, who wrote The Hidden Brilliance of Autism. And again, it's a way of approaching an issue that is saying not, I mean, the autism problem and like how dealing with a child with autism and, you know, solving the problem of autism, that it comes from a point of view. And again, it's a book that is about autism, but it will resonate for anyone with a child. And taking the issue of autism and approaching it from the gifts of this point of view. And of course, it also gets out, you know, why those can be challenges as well. But I really, that book really, really spoke to me. And it's one of those books that I've given to a bunch of people I know. And it's excellent. Lynn Kogel. What was the most surprising or like useful thing that you learned this year? I have a few. I want to hear what you're One thing comes to mind, and I thought this was a great topic. I don't remember if it was you or me who came up with it, but let's go with me because I thought it was brilliant. Giving help that works and asking for the help we need and trying to talk about as we all try to help each other in community, which I think most people, and especially people who listen to this podcast and people who are seeking out these kind of answers, they have an instinct to be helpers and to support people in their lives who need help. That some of the things we talked about really specifically, one of which being avoiding, let me know if you need anything, which puts the burden on the caretake E to then come up with a list of tasks and figuring out how we can offer help, how we can organize help, how we can spreadsheet help that is actually useful versus putting the burden on somebody to come up with something for you to do. Yeah, let me know if you need anything. It's kind of the text me your Christmas list version of, you know, it just kind of hits the ball back to that person to figure out what's needed. I'm going through this right now. Well, a friend is going through this right now, kid in the hospital for an extended stay. And was thinking about this very advice that we talked about. Let me know if you need anything. And I feel like I've been sort of shouting into like sending like texts that are sort of meaningless. And so anyway, I sent her earlier this week, like, okay, this week, I know she's at the hospital all the time right now. I'm like this week, I have Monday afternoon free. I kind of have all day Wednesday free. And then I have Friday morning free. Those are my three times. Can I come to the hospital? Can I do this? Anyway, can I walk your dog? And like, but those in these three times, what can I do? That seemed to help. 
because she came back with, this is a crazy thing, but I need to, like, for her, like, family Christmas dinner that they're still going to, like, go to and have, like, I'm supposed to bring the wine. I'm like, got it. I'll buy the wine. I'll bring it to your house. If your friend's going through a family funeral, maybe you can buy the two-year-old an outfit to wear. Like, sometimes it's thinking about that thing. And but anyway, this was something that really helped for me. It was like, these are the windows that I have. And I know you have a dog. Shall I walk the dog or come to the hospital? And then she was like, mm, how about you buy wine for me instead? <laughs> Great. And I listen, I don't like to put the burden on people like you said the wrong thing. There's nothing wrong with saying like, let me know I want to help. I think those words are comforting too. Right. You do want to help. Right. But I thought it was a good insight to take it to that next step of here are four offers. Are any of these useful to you? If not, please let me know how I can help. Right. The other thing was the comfort in dump out model of caretaking, which I thought was really useful that you're there to provide comfort and remove bad things, you know, so that whether or not that looks like, you know, I know when we had a death in the family, like running a lot of interference at the kind of first day people showing up at the house, and kind of buffering the main mourner from certain people that can be really useful. It can be like, getting the bad errands done, whatever it happens to be. It can be listening. There's lots of versions of this. But like, I thought it was a really useful construct. You can, I mean, there's circles. The way this person explained it was there, you know, there are circles around the mourning, right? Or the grief or this, even the serious situation, even the ill child, right? And the parents are in the middle and the grandparents are maybe in the next circle. And maybe you're really close friends and you're in the next, like, you're somewhere in those circles too. You might need something too, but you can't get comfort from somebody who's closer to it. You can't say like, can you believe that they still haven't figured out how to help you know, people with the flu in 2023, like, don't, you're not talking to the person whose husband's in the hospital about that. (laughs) You're talking to your spouse or your friend at yoga class about that. You're not complaining about anything to the person who's closer to it than you. That's right. It's such a good, simple point that I think you miss all the time. And we talked a lot on that episode too of, I think that the misunderstanding of like, I don't want to insert myself in this situation. And I was talking about losing my mom. And the reality is that, you know, someone who wasn't the closest person to our family wrote a long letter about one thing my mom had done that had really made a difference in the outcome of this person's life. And I think a lot of people might say like, oh, I don't want to insert myself into the situation And it's definitely one of the five things I remember most, you know, because it was specific and it was a letter, which I thought was nice. It's not, you don't necessarily need somebody cornering you on day one and being like, here's this long story. It just, you'll never regret sending a note. You'll never regret, you know, just doing something nice. It makes a big difference. So the thing that I, the most surprising thing I learned this year was sort of on the other side of this, Mara Glotzel wrote a book called Needy, and she was one of our guests this year. So I'm going to put that fresh take on one of the best episodes of the year list also. And she said in her book that those of us who spend a lot of time taking care of the needs of other people, anticipating those needs, carrying them out, which is pretty much everybody listening right now, we tend to put our own needs on the back burner. And we do so because we think if our needs were really important enough, somebody would see that. Somebody would acknowledge them. Somebody would take care of them. Somebody else would say, you, why don't you sit down for a while? You've done so much. And if nobody's saying that, it must be because the things that we need aren't as important as we think they are. Otherwise, somebody would certainly notice that we need them. And I thought, oh, I've done that. And she's like, yeah, we have to stop that. We have to stop that, that thinking. The things we need are as important 
as the needs we anticipate for everybody else. We have to put ourselves on the list. And I really saw myself in that book and our discussion. I, as you know, have a phrase of the year that emerges one year it was the double-edged sword. Like, I don't know, about May, June, usually, I'm like, oh, this is a theme for the year. And it's just a phrase. Good news and the bad news is the same news. There's just, it just comes to me like, oh, this is what's going on. And my phrase this year, and I think I talked about it already on the podcast, is my brother, who's a lawyer, said, anything you don't tell a jury, they will fill in for themselves. And I feel like I've just had a bunch of experiences this year of oh, I did not explain that well enough. And the person has defined something completely wrong, but it's kind of on me. Like I didn't explain what was going on on my end. And so the other person, you know, maybe it's that- We need a story, right. The brain loves a story. Uh You need a story. The brain loves a story. That's, That's the same phrase. And I think one of the themes that we've had with our guests this year is this is true for ourselves as well, that your own brain needs a story. And we say watch your story a lot on the podcast, but I think in this very specific way of like, I'm defining myself as missing things, you know, that I'm not good enough. I'm defining myself as a person whose needs are not being met because they're not important enough. And I think that thematically, that really resonated with me of, if I'm telling myself something, it's not necessarily true. And like, what else could be true instead of the thing that I think is true? (laughs) Game changer, Amy. All right, we'll be back and we'll talk all about uh, listener responses to our episode. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to staying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate. Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.
As we close out the year, it's time to wish you very happy holidays from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Joyous season to you, Mom, trying desperately to figure out how to attend a Christmas concert, a work holiday party, and a neighborhood cookie exchange, all in a single evening. Happy New Year to you, Mom of the kid having a full-blown meltdown in aisle six at Target because you won't buy them a new gaming system that is mysteriously similar to the gaming system you bought them last year. Merry Christmas to you, Mom, whose kids made their Christmas lists months ago, and then you dutifully bought everything on those lists. And then one week ago, they changed their minds, and now they don't really want any of the stuff that you bought them. Happy holidays to you, dads, whose teens haven't spoken to them in a month except for to demand food and ride somewhere, who somehow have the gall to ask for a car as their Christmas gift. Merriest of seasons to the mom who forgot to take the bag out of the turkey and ended up with a toxic plastic fire instead of a meal. To you we say, hey, at least you tried. And Happy New Year to all you moms and dads out there baking cookies, lighting candles, decking the halls, and cooking all of your family's favorite foods. Another year of being the best parent you can be, leaning on friends, and making your relationships work even when it's hard. You're doing it, friends, and we salute you. Happy everything to you all. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, in the end, it's all about the listeners, isn't it? (laughs) It definitely is. We think (laughs) about you often. Yes. And... You know, so much of our podcast ideas and feedback and everything comes from our Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what fresh hellcast. It is the best community. I mean, I know people, I have friends, male friends who are in there. I have friends who aren't parents. I have friends who are males and aren't parents. And they're just... They just keep saying, it's the one place that I go that everybody is helping somebody else. There's no negative. It's the last good place on the internet. I know. And come and join if you're not there already. If you are joining, catch the vibe. It's all about support. It's not about, nobody's coming to that group to say, what am I doing wrong? And how could random internet user fix me with their mean words? It's just a place to say, and it's about the show, but it's much more about people looking to fellow parents for advice. And sometimes it's like, should I buy this or will it fall apart after three days? And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, I bought that. It fell apart after three days. It's, it's stuff yes. like that. But that was the best three days of our life. Go ahead and buy it anyway. Like, whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. So maybe you should buy it. Right, right. And then somebody else saying, like, my kid just got a diagnosis and I'm really struggling. It can be big or small. Big or small. And I say that because we're talking about episodes where we most appreciated the listener response. We did an episode called When Typical Parenting Advice Doesn't Fit. And it got so much good feedback that we ended up doing a little series all about episodes on highly sensitive kids, kids who don't fit the mold, because it really seemed to speak to people. And Sarah wrote this on Facebook, and I wanted to read it. About this episode, when typical parenting advice doesn't fit, she says, going to be listening to this week's episode on when typical parenting advice 
doesn't fit on repeat. My sweet four-year-old son is diagnosed ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder, and this episode made me feel so incredibly seen as we are just beginning to navigate school and societal norms. Thanks for giving me and all the other parents and caregivers of kiddos who don't quite fit that traditional mold of acceptance the reassurance that we are doing a great job just by doing what works and what's best for our specific situation. This episode truly meant so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. That means a lot to us. We love hearing from all of you who listen about what you like, what you want to hear more of, what really helped. I love when we hear from if we do an Ask Amy or an Ask Margaret on a particular episode, and then we hear back from that listener and say, like, I, oh, my gosh, that was that actually helped. Thank you. Or I'm, I'm going to try that or or just thanks for answering my question, whatever. It's so it's meaningful to us to be making a difference in somebody's life. And I think another great use of the Facebook page, I do, as it turns out, have a child on the spectrum. So in speaking about it, I was speaking from experience of having it be like, what's fun for kids is a loud birthday party. (laughs) And thinking, well, (laughs) let me take the other side of that. There's a bunch of kids for whom that's their worst day. And I think being able to speak to a certain degree to that feeling of isolation. And again, this self-definition of like, something's wrong with me and something's wrong with my kid because everybody is saying that X is the way. And me and my kid are in Y land. And that is really, Mm -hmm. it's painful. It really is. And it's hard. And I think to the degree that you want to reach out on the Facebook group and talk about things that don't work for you and things that, you know, you would like to hear reflected, the reality, and we've said it a million times, is Amy and I are white Irish Catholic women married to dudes who grew up in the Northeast and went to similar kind of four-year universities and do not have spouses in the military. So for a million reasons, I think that our experience can have blind spots and limitations. One thing that I quote Roxanne Gay saying often is that if your experience is not reflected in something we're saying, it doesn't mean your experience is invalidated. Right. But that being said, I think that it's a great place to reach out and say, hey, I am in a situation that I haven't heard reflected yet, and I would like to hear somebody talk about because, and if it's not us, it'll be a fresh take guest. I mean, we don't try to talk about things that we have no experience in because I can't speak to Although I have family members who have been on long deployments, as a parent, I have not had that situation. It's not something that I am I can speak to. But we can find somebody to speak to that experience. Right. Sometimes people write in and say, hey, I'd love to hear an episode about can you talk to somebody? We really do try in our fresh takes to get a wide range of perspectives that offer something we can't, what's it like to be the parent of a deaf or hard of hearing child? when you're not deaf and you have to make the decisions about cochlear implants or or not. And that's a really interesting story in and of itself, but there is always something larger, right? There's always something universal about it. Through the specific, we get to the universal. Through our own stories, I think we get to what's universal about parenting. And I still think that what we have in common is far greater than the individual you know, paths that we've taken. 
agree. And I think sometimes we worry about presenting stuff that's so niche that like maybe this doesn't speak to enough people. But I can't think of an episode where I've thought there's nothing for somebody, there's not something for somebody else here. And I think that especially in the kids that don't fit the mold. Personally, I've had a bunch of people tell me how much they like that episode. And there are people who I would maybe look at from the outside and think like, wait, your kid is totally like right in the mold, right? But people, it doesn't need to be a diagnosis or something that is so, you know, people have a lot of invisible struggles and things that are going on. And it turns out that very few people are like, yeah, you know what my kid does? Fit the mold absolutely perfectly in every situation. Not a lot of people saying that. Yeah, I'm starting to realize that, Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody saying that. Right, that's what I've learned from doing this podcast. We have a, a group of all those episodes too, a playlist, the deep dive, we call that of all the episodes that over the last seven years that have touched on kids who don't fit into the perfect box of... I love loud birthday parties or, or whatever it is, or I can sit in my circle at Story Tama, whatever. Yeah. If that's your kid, it's all our kids. Years of my life lost to the circle of the preschool circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it turns out that, you know, some of my kids who didn't fit the norm are now later in life fitting it really well, while the surprise mold fitting elementary schooler is suddenly like, wait a minute, there's no room for me here. So it's also ages and stages. These things do change over time time. Since this is our last new episode of 2023, we wanted to give a special shout out to all the people besides Margaret and Amy who make this show possible week after week. And the first person we want to thank is Christy Hausler of Team Podcast. She's been our editor since like 2018 for years. She's been editing our show and some other Atlas Media shows as well. She's amazing. We love working with her. And uh, if you know somebody who needs podcast editing services, Christy Hausler is the best. Oh, yeah, she's the one team podcast. We also want to thank Erica Virgiuelli, our production manager, who keeps everything running smoothly, interfaces with our guests, writes our show notes, and currently reports from an undisclosed location overseas. She's one of those, what do you call it? it there's a term that they use now, but it's like you work from wherever. Desk anywhere or something like that, they call it. That's her. She's desking anywhere. She's awesome. Thank you. She's a digital nomad. She's a digital nomad. <laughs> Indeed. She's like pressing olives during the day and then making our podcast at night like a superhero. Thank you, Erica. We also have three members of our Atalyst media team that work on our show and all the other shows on our network. And we want to thank them. JB Johnson is our director of ad operations. We have a thriving ad business and JB is in making sure of starting all the ads are correct. Start at the right time and at the right time, deliver as many impressions as there's supposed to be no mistakes. Like it's a big job. JB is the proud parent of a one-year-old little girl who is sometimes on our Zoom calls, which is always the best when her daughter shows up and we're delighted to have JB on the team. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. We should require her to be on all Zoom calls. Uh, yeah, she's people say Amy and Margaret. She's a, she's definitely an Amy. She's working uh, the details, making the spreadsheets. We also have the fantastic Gabby Lindgren, Systems. who is our director of operations. She makes sure everything works fine. And she is fantastic. She's Smart, wise, very fun, 
and also she's basically built like a new airport for us this year like everything like new systems everyone should have a gabby i wish i had a little gabby who lived in my closet to just be like listen could you fix everything that's wrong and she's like sure i can do that Trudy Redsich is our director of sales. She handles What Fresh Hell and all the other shows in the Idolist Media Network. And she works fully remotely. All these very cool women work fully remotely. And we are meeting online all the time. But they are out in the world selling ads for these podcasts and connecting brands who want to reach moms and dads with shows like ours. Thanks, Trudy. And then we come to the Adalist OG, Sarah Levithan Daniels. She's been with us from day one. Yes, yes. Mom of two little boys. And Sarah has done it all from the beginning. And if it was football, she'd be special teams. Like she just plays in at whatever position is uh, needed at the time. She's kind of like Cuz and the Bear. Have you watched The Bear? No. I haven't watched every episode of The Bear, so I'm not saying something like, because everybody in The Bear is like secretly sad. So I'm not saying the sad part. I'm just saying because like The Bear is like this troubled chef who is running, trying to run this restaurant and it's kind of a mess. And the cuz is just kind of like there and it's just like, if it needs to be done, the cuz. It's the fixer. It's the fixer. Yeah, yeah, the fixer. The fixer. <laughs> and we also have to thank Adam Ditsky of Ditsky Strategic and Abdul Kamara. They are are accountants. And let me tell you, when I was saying before, I didn't know how to run a business, you need good accountants to run a business, as it turns out. Strengths and weaknesses. It turns out you don't need to know how to do a balance sheet if you have Ditsky Strategic working for you. Right. You just need to have one and they made it for us. You just need to have a Ditsky. And uh, it's going great. Lastly, we want to thank all of you who listen and make our independent podcast in year seven it might even be year eight now i mean it that you make this show possible it's a dream come true thank you so much for listening have a happy new year and we will talk to you in 2024 friends on the other side we are going to have episodes they're going to be uh, best of to the end of the year so thanks everybody well hey there busy mama Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that wanna be clutter-free. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how 
all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life stucks.